podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Morning, people. Mariah here. Ahead of the podcast, just wanted to give you a quick heads up that there is a annoying uh, beeping sound that goes throughout this pod today. Uh, for those of you who have the iPhone or a MacBook, you'll recognize that sound and that beeping when you start to charge. Um, just a technical issue that happens when you're trying to charge your MacBook while you record a podcast. Uh, rest assured, won't happen again, but I thought it only fair for me to let you know in advance rather than it just accompanying you on your listening experience. That aside, please enjoy the pod. Uh, leave a comment on the Twitter. Uh, just give us a, a like on uh, the old Spotify or uh, Apple if you haven't already. And thank you for listening. Morning and welcome to another Courtside Fracker uh, 2022 playoff podcast. Um, Join the morning after game two. Um, Joined this morning by Yas. How you doing, Yas? All good. I'm Like I said to you before, content with the split. I'm all right. Bit shit, the performance, but uh, yeah, all good, bro. Uh, we're joined with uh, his fellow Eastern Conference brother, Shaq. How you doing, Shaq? I'm fuming. I stayed up to watch a shit show. <laughs> um, for those of you who at the time of listening to this haven't watched the game yet and are one of those ones who try and avoid the score um, before you watch it, I'm going to tell you now, so if you don't want to hear it, maybe go a bit ahead, um, but uh, Golden State won 107-88 to to tie the series at 1-1, I want to go right and come straight over to you, Yas uh, give us a quick game overview, sir um, to be fair, we started really well. Um, started really well. Um, raced out to, to 13 5 lead, it became 22 and 13 at one point. So, the first quarter, we felt it felt very poised, felt very in control. Their defensive intensity was up, theirs being Golden State. Um, from the, from the first game, we felt, but we, we were making shots and, and started pretty well. Um, and then to be honest. Towards the end of the first quarter, there was a few calls that went against them. I don't think they were particularly bad calls. It was just like ticky-tack calls. And I don't think they ever quite recovered from it. Um, but I think the story of Boston's night was turnovers. Like 18 for the night. Uh, I think it was 11 in the first half, maybe more. Um, and then if it, uh, you asked how the game was. I said before, just before, it felt like one of those shitty Eastern Conference blowouts, um, which which went either way for Miami or Boston. Like It was defined more by sloppy play and a team just packing the paint and waiting for the other team to beat themselves as much as anything else. Steph had another really good night. Steph is on course for that finals MVP um, at, at the moment. He is, he is a one-man show for them a little bit offensively. No one else really stepped up to support like that. Um, they were better inside, better in the paint than first game. Um, but yeah, the, the turnovers, they had 13 points off of seven turnovers in the first quarter. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the rest of the game. And um, they went in two points up at halftime, had a really good third where they kind of out of nowhere were 11 up after the third. Like It was just like they got a few free throws and a few threes. And then out of nowhere, the game felt like it was unraveling. 
you know, Doka, to his credit, I'm not usually a big fan of how he runs people into the ground. He just decided, yeah, it's not our night because with 10 mm. minutes left in the fourth quarter, there was there was like there wasn't a single starter left in the game and, and they didn't come back in. So so at least he kind of just said, All right, cool, not our night on to game four, uh of game three. Yeah. Um but we'll get into exactly why. But yeah, I think the story of the game was turnovers, partly partly better defense from Golden State to force those, partly just sloppy. Sloppiness. You mentioned that only Steph really got going offensively. Um, do you think that is due to something you guys are doing or are guys missing shots that they usually make? Clay had a really bad night, man. Really like, bad Clay, night. Clay, Clay was awful. Um, mm. Like, he had good looks, was bricking everything. Um, and then I think I think Draymond didn't take as many. Draymond was efficient in other ways. Draymond was efficient in defensively. He was really good playmaking he was really good being a prick who probably could have got three or four techs he was really good um he but he didn't bother taking shots which i think was a nice wrinkle they just he, he just stuck to his playmaking but clay and clay and wiggins have to do more um wiggins has to enforce himself on the game a little bit more and 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 bring the game to him rather than just waiting for his turns he hits some he hits a couple of threes and whatever but yeah. he needs to do more um as a wing with his skill set and his size he needs to do more and then clay had great looks just bricked them all like really really bad ones okay um who's your man of the match Shaq? playing the game's gotta be stiff um he he's you love that i said man of the match he ignored that converted it to his own his oh, own <laughs> <laughs> it was Steph. We'll give it to Steph. Like he's the one that showed up the most. Um, especially throughout all the quarters. There was a few times where like I remember he drove to the lane and bricked a layup. Like it was it was weird to see that happen. But then then I think it was two minutes later, he sunk two threes in a row in people's faces. Like he he didn't let his head dip down, he stayed alive. But yeah, gotta give him his credit. He's trying to get that finals MVP. They'll do it for yeah. him. Legacy defining they're saying. Uh, how about you, um, Yas? Who's your man of the match? Yeah, I'm going Steph as well. Obviously, anyone who glances at the box score won't be surprised by it. Um, I think where they were able to get him some extra juice in his legs and some extra uh, save his legs a little bit was Gary Payton Jr. coming, or Gary Payton the second, whichever one he's coming yeah. back. Um, it's like Steph when he has to pick up Tatum at point of attack and stuff and, and whoever, and even Smart, is a bit of a nightmare for him. Um, Peyton coming in and being able to play a good 20 minutes just meant that they could hide Steph defensively that bit more. Um, just made his overall impact even bigger, um, yeah. as well as the scoring. He was then less of a target defensively. Um, and, and yeah, like Shaq said, there were some looks he probably could have even done better on. But in a game that no one, I think, was really outstanding offensively, um, even for Boston, like Tatum hit a lot of shots, but I don't think he... It was weird. I don't even think he played that much better than the game one. Um, he just shot, shot better. Um, yeah, in a game where everyone, no one really stood out defensively and, and it wasn't the highest level, Steph just stood out above everyone, really. Mm. Um, who won the coaching battle? Yes. So I mentioned it on the first episode for the finals, uh, game one, in that Kerr has... Kerr has a lot more options, right? He just does. Like, if you look up and down the roster, there's a lot more interesting people that you can um, trial in a playoff game, that you can try in a finals game, that you can give you different matchup issues, that can give you different looks, that can give cover different people um, in terms of defending. And I, th I said in, in that episode one, the game one, that 
the finals could kind of be defined by those decisions that he makes. Whereas Udoka, Udoka's playing his seven and eight guys. He's being forced to play Daniel Tice um, because of Rob Williams' injury. Tice looks way off it. But apart from that, he's playing the same six or seven guys that he trusts. Kerr has just a lot of choices. Like Iggy was out last night. I think that was a decision made for him for the best because Iggy didn't look good game one for me. Um, but then Bielitsa came in and was just really, really good, really, really effective. He only played 11 minutes, but he felt significant in those minutes. Like he was, he gave Tatum trouble on the perimeter. He scored pretty much every basket that was asked of him. Um, Peyton too, come back. Peyton looked really good um, defensively. Just again, like just he was able to go to that lineup uh, and have him in there for over 20 minutes that he wasn't able to in game one. Um, and I think he, he balanced the pool ones quite nicely. I think he matched Jordan Poole's minutes with Peyton Pritchard. The box score will tell you Poole hot, heated up and had a really good game too. I don't think that's accurate. I think he, mm. he scored something from the half court at the end of the half and he scored a three before that where he got Tyson on an island. Apart from that, he was a bit of a non-factor, really. Um, yeah, he had a few get few positions. He was right? okay, but like you look at the box score and you see, oh, Jordan Poole. <laughs> okay, put it in the shirt. I've come away from this thinking that was the Jordan Poole game where he really, you know, he really did his thing. I was like, okay, cool. He scored a few threes. One was a half-court heave at the buzzer. Like, he was fine, but I think the point is Kerr matched, matched him on the Pritchard minutes definitely gives him the best chance of being effective in that Pritchard is is not going to be someone that can take advantage of him size wise, and he can go and attack Pritchard. Um, mm, so I think probably. I think Kerr just managed that really well. I think there was clearly an impetus from Kerr to get um, much higher ball pressure. Like you could see a mouth in it, and you could see it from the start of the game. Like after we won the jump ball, um, Draymond basically forced another jump ball out of Al Horford's hands like five seconds into the game. Like clearly it was an incentive and a thing for Golden State to be getting really, really high ball pressure, really, really active. Um, that came from Steve Kerr. Um, I like how he used Draymond and, and told Draymond basically don't just waste our shots. Like look for the great ones rather than setting yeah. for okay ones. Use the personnel better. Um, I think I think as well, like I, I'd need to watch it again to know the, the full wrinkles, but I mentioned... Like Tatum always shot well and scored well from deep. Like, cool, that's great. But he actually penetrated the paint far, far less. His driving was was not as good. Um, they took that away. Um, second half, they went to trapping Jalen Brown a few times, who can't isn't quite good enough to deal with that. And then they got a few no, good transition opportunities out of that. Um, Smart was a non-factor. Horford was Horford was a non-factor in a way that I think is Maybe a criticism of Doka more than a praising of Kerr. Like Horford is Horford is outstanding, but he basically last night they were just asking him to be like our rim runner and just this bruiser, and it's just not really what I wanted. Like he's he's so good because he's so versatile, but when you just reduce him to trying to bang down low with Looney and and that inside, and, mm. and I don't think that gets the best out of him. I think you do need to use him on the perimeter a bit more and tease people out to have no three points attempted after his his he's shot well all playoffs was was confusing. I think obviously Rob Williams being out or not out but half out is making Udoka overthink the big man stuff a little bit. I think, and he didn't get it right last night. Um, Few more things, but I think that was probably where 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 Kerr won it. I think personnel he won it. I think scheme they they did well to just take away the drives and take away. They chased us off the three point line really really well, 
mm. made that an obvious point of contention as well. Um, and we just don't really have ball handlers like that. Like Tatum just goes back to the basket because his handle isn't good enough. Jalen Brown's handle is well publicized as being very, very inconsistent. Shaky um, Jalen, yeah. Yeah, and then Smart and White are good at uh, creating stuff and, and driving in, but not if there's no space to drive in. So hmm. so they did really well with that. So it's going to be interesting to see how Udoka reacts to that. To their too many days off for Steve Kerr and his team, man. They probably watched that game 50 times. Um... Yeah, literally. Literally, <laughs> I was thinking that. Like they, The film sessions must have been mud. That 50 times. I uh, don't know if you there's anything you want to, to add to Yasser's extremely detailed breakdown of uh, Steve Kerr's successes there, Shaq. Um, you know what it is for me? It's that there's, there's one thing about Golden State Warriors that you have to do this whole year, and it's you could, like, as as he said, the Celtics were playing good in the first half, and like you were kind of trading. Um, so what what the difference is is that with Golden State, you have to kind of keep it as a big divide, where you're playing good, but you're only up by three. <laughs> that's that's a bit threatening, and Jokic didn't really take. He didn't really apply himself where it's uh okay, guys, now pace the game, still play this way, but pace the game and give them less touches, give them less time on the shot clock. They're still using 20 seconds for a shot clock as a team. They're going to get buckets. And then when it goes into the third quarter, Steve Curve started playing small ball and their small ball lineup kills you. It was Paul, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, Steph on the, on the court at once. The spacing was just disgusting. Like it was, it was just, it was game over from the third quarter. So I'll give Steve Kerr, obviously, he won by a blowout basically. But mm. that's that small ball lineup, you guys kind of need to figure a way around it. And I think that's where you're gonna to have to maybe think about taking off Horford, and then just like even having. Damn, Boy, that's scary. I think I think I think it's it's having but, Jason Tatum playing the bigger person on the. Nah, see, floor. I think it's a bit of a mis. Like people, I saw this before the thing started saying, "Oh, Horford won't be able to play on the floor." I would say Horford is probably more versatile than Rob Williams and Grant Williams. Like. We tried the Grant Williams thing last night to go against it, and I think Rob being hurt is a big thing. Like, he's only playing 15 yeah. minutes a night, pretty much. I think Horford is, is capable to be the big man in a small ball lineup. I think I think it's, ironically, when you're just asking him to go against Looney, where I think he's actually struggled, struggled more. Um, like, our oh, Derek White, Mark's smart lineup has generally been really good, but those two guys just weren't as good as game one. Um, I agree with you that it, on the the pace side of things, that's something which massively like, like we were even, not even up three, like we were down like a couple um, and we were just like racing to get the ball up and, and playing a bit too clever and people passing out of coverages that they're not probably equipped to like Grant Williams and whatever, like we need it to be slow. We need it to be a grind. We need to pick. We need to make yeah, the most. We said of that. We said that at the start before the series started. Yeah, if you and we just through. weren't. We yeah. just weren't. We were just like throwing it into into crowded areas. We we're just like we need to be looking for great looks every single time. Like, and make I will. I will. Huh? And you got to make them. Yeah, that. But like, we were just chucking it into crowds. Like, um, like I, I said this before the series started. I'm sure I'll say it. Plenty of time throughout the series. Golden State have a better offense than us. Cool. But their defense is nearly as good as ours as well. So 
we need to absolutely be deliberate and purposeful to close that offensive gap because they are savvy and smart enough and have enough legs to be as good a defensive team that we can't just yeah if it, if we make it a shootout it's long like and it, and it goes short and i think that's why people come on to me and we're like oh why don't you ask back them that's why i went for two and i think <laughs> is that your example of the people yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, does he do, why does he do this why does he do this and i'm like well i backed us to win at least two of our three series before this um, yeah. but i do think we unless we make it like very much a game on our terms, I think they're deeper. I think they're a better offensive team. I don't think we have a player like Steph um, who can just completely spin a game on its head. And so mm-hmm. the, the the split, the, the, these two games have been really interesting because I do think it's the good and bad of uh, the good and bad of 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 us. Like first game, we were ahead at halftime, and then we had our fourth quarter flurry, but we we. Felt like I felt like we managed them very well. We just didn't defend Steph in the right way. Um, mm. Whereas this game, despite their re- relative offensive struggles, um, we just didn't have enough offensively to to make the most. Mm. Did you did you like how you defended Steph in this game? Every time we go drop and every time we don't switch, I'm baffled. Like I honestly, yeah, like, that is baffling. Do you think like, they're going down the route of? Just let Steph do his thing and we'll focus on the other guys. I just don't think you can, though, because when it's like a Yanis or a Jimmy or a, I know it sounds really simple maths, right? When it's a Yanis or a Jimmy or a, who else do we play? Even KD. KD wants to get to his like mid-range pull-up or whatever. Um, but when it's a Yanis or a whatever, not to make it oversimplification but they're scoring twos it's two 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 with Steph it's three 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 and all of all of a sudden after four makes that's a difference of four points that's a difference in a game um so I don't think you can and also the big thing about Steph is we may I can't remember what pod we mentioned this on but we have where he I think Jeff might have mentioned it he allows everyone else to just be freer like the whole reason that Jordan Poole was uh, able to just take that half court shot and and have a, a late three in in the first half uh, in the third mm. quarter was because Steph had just drained two back to back threes and just opened the game up and it's when Steph does that and you allow Steph to start encouraging everyone to find their range and Steph gets nine in a row and starts like Steph pick and roll was basically what kick started an eleven zero run for them where Tice was dropping off him. It just it just don't work for me. I think you have to go switch. And okay, cool. If that means there's a little pocket pass into a loonie, cool. I think you live with that and you make him go to the line and you live with that stuff far, far more than allowing Steph to get hot, which seems to have this weird cascading effect on everyone else thinking, oh, I can get my shot off too. Mm, that's momentum. Lift, it lifts the troops, yeah. That's, that's momentum. But at the, at the same time, the one person that I think never got the memo of how to go Steph Curry is Tice. I mean, how many times he actually dropped off on a pick and roll? And it was yeah, a lot mad. of times to follow um to to follow Looney and whatnot. And I get you don't want to give up the easy two, but there's an easy three and that's Steph Curry open. So Bro, Steph- it's like the one player you shouldn't be doing that on. And all season we have not dropped. Like all season we have switched and we've hedged and we've and we've met people really high. And then with Steph, it just decides, cool, we'll, we'll we'll drop off and not switch. I find it baffling. Like I get that they're worried about his drives. I get all that sort of stuff. But make him drive, make him work, make him have to make a readout of something, make someone be able to come protect the rim. Just yeah, bro. Like it's baffling. Every yeah, time I see someone go, 
Yeah, he doesn't finish at the rim like he used to anyway. Um, statistically, he doesn't necessarily shoot as well as he used to. Struggling from the line weirdly as well, which I don't know. It feels like he's mini case of the yips or something. Um, what was your play of the game, Yes? Play of the game? I, I don't know, man. Like, I think... Um... I think there was there was one which kind of maybe it's not playing a game. I don't think it was a high high level game. If I'm honest, um, I think there's one that kind of I, I guess told the story of the game for me. Where um, Gary Payton two picked up Tatum half court, he forced him left, and Rob Williams came to set the screen, and Draymond obviously came with him. And then again, it kind of just encapsulated the problems we have when we do have Rob on that on that floor like he can't space he can't do anything so all it really did was draw Draymond to Tatum as a ball handler allow him to blitz give Draymond a reason to go and be over there he can cheat off of Rob Williams because he doesn't have to um, defend him if the pass isn't there for him so then Draymond switched onto Tatum forced a shit pass and it led to a step three um it was it was one of several really high level defensive plays by Draymond there was one on Brown as well where he tried tried a spin move try to go under try to step through and Draymond just was not giving any of it and then he forced a really really tough fadeaway that he that he front rimmed um but that one on on Tatum where he was able to just switch on him so easily and then we had the two big lineup out which was a problem and yeah it was um it was a play that encapsulated things quite quite neatly I think Shaq, do you have a player of the game? Of course. It's easy. Jordan Poole. <laughs> Pulled up from damn near half court and sunk it as a buzzer beater. Like, uh, yeah, I never find half court heaves that exciting. I don't, know I don't think it was much of a heave, though. It was a I, big, like, big heave. Nah, it wasn't like a heave. He had form on it. Like He, he saw his time. He still had about 3.2 seconds or something. And he said, okay, cool. I'm going to take this shot. So then usually with the heave, it's, like it's the last... 30 seconds, the ball was high sky in the air before the, the buzz even ran out. So it was more like a shot, but it was a, oh, I'm going to do this. And I can't lie, the momentum shifted from that as well. Like, it was a bit peak. So I'll give yeah, out the shift in the energy, yeah? See, yeah. I see, I, you know what? I, I, I would say, see, I'll go the other way. I think, um, I think it was the energy shifted prior to that, which allowed him to say that. You know, it was very much a Steph thing. Okay, so he was he was maximizing on a good time, yeah. I think so. Mm, okay, um, would you have us to blunder the game? Yes. I, I don't know about blunders so much. I think I think playing Tyus is is a problem, but um, if Rob Williams's injury is forcing you to do it, then then uh, to be honest, we had eighteen turnovers, and I think at least seven or eight of them you could put down for blunder of the game. I think. Um, there was there was so many like they were they were just passing into crowds for no reason like I, I was yeah it was it was just poor just poor reads all over. Cool. Um, how about you, Shaq? Would you have as your blunder the game? Uh, Steph blew a layup, man. It was it was kind of hilarious. Wow, harsh. Yeah, nah, you know what it is, yeah, because you rarely ever see it from Steph. Not to blow a layup, people blow layups, but he's driving. He's got a guy behind him. And it looked like he tried to put a guy at a poster. I'm not going to lie to you. It looked like he tried to, <laughs> to jam it on someone's head. And it really didn't jam. Like, it jammed at the rim. And 
he was he was sagging his head like usually in that instance you see Steph do um like a high arc floater and it's nice but um what's it called I think yeah you can't try to put it on someone's head and, and flop like that it's yeah man yeah um who and finally who would the lights to write for Ooh. Do you know who I think? I think Smart having as bad a game as last night is a big problem. Um, five assists, five turnovers is pretty horrendous. Horrendous. Like, the uh, Marcus Smart experience, man. Just but do you know what? It was. It's it, what, bro. Yeah, but it wasn't. Do you know what? I live. <laughs> I live. I live with the Marcus Smart experience in that, like, when it's. Um, when it's the the ill-advised shots and the early shot clock ones, and he make and it's no 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 yes and those ones, and he makes the, some and it, I live with the Marcus Smart experience. To be honest, I don't think whatever last night was was the Marcus Smart experience. Last night was probably the most passive I've seen him. Um, if if I don't know about ever, but yeah, just just a, a, a relative non-factor like. Um, for for the whole game like it's it's been a very very long time since he's had a, an assist turnover ratio as as basically even um he's usually for the past year and a half maybe been a lot more careful with the ball um the Marcus Smart experience comes like the 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 stressful part of that comes from shot shot taking not shot making shot taking it doesn't really come from his playmaking. His playmaking has been really reliable for a while now. His drives have been really effective all season. Um, and defensively, I don't think he was great either. He lost Steph a lot. Um, yeah, I think it's just he just he was passive. Um, just just wasn't involved in the game. Couldn't find any space to drive into. Um, was yeah, uh, clearly like didn't want to shoot himself out of the game. Like that showed a maturity in a way Like he, he, he didn't have it going. He wasn't finding any range and everything like that. Um, but yeah, his playmaking was, was really poor and it just looked like we, we say lights too bright. So whilst people like Al Horford had a really poor game and Clay had a really poor game, smarts one was the one that stood out to me as struggling to just work the occasion out. If that makes sense. Mm. How about you? Um, Shaq, did you have anybody who you felt the lights were too bright for? Smart was on my shortlist. Um, shortlist, wow. Say yeah, but I'm actually going to go with Jason Tatum. Um, I know he put up like the most points and some would say that, look at the box, box score, it was his best game. He was the better player on the Celtics, but his plus minus was, his plus minus was what, like minus 36, minus, minus 34, something like that. Simply because defensively he didn't put in a shift, if I'm honest. But then offensively, you made eight field goals and six of them were threes. But your your game is driving to the lane and mid range as well, which means you didn't pick your shots properly. And throughout the entire game, that kind of proved to be bad for the team. So Tatum got to kind of step up a little bit better, man. I think T Tatum like good good that he made the shots right. So he he went six of nine from three. Great. Okay. Cool. But it was a lot of settling a lot of settling and it was two of 10 from two. Um, he struggled. Like, I, like people will come away and say, oh my God, Jason Tatum. I think it was 16 points like, in near enough the first quarter, um, 21 in the 20, first half. 21, wow, what a 21. game. 
yeah, it's like, oh, what a game. But it wasn't, it just wasn't. Yes, he made shots. That's fine. That's cool. Um, but the turnovers were poor. Um, he, Yeah, like you said, he wasn't really impactful defensively. And all it takes is three of those shots to to hit the back iron or front rim. And then all of a sudden, it's another disaster game. Another bad game. game, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think with Tatum, you, you could get fooled by last night's box score and be like, yeah, wow, what a game. But it, nah. he... It was poor. I, I felt like it was poor. I felt like it was a lot of settling, um, not really bringing others into the game too well. Um, and yeah. and yeah, like we're not we're not basically put it this way. If Tatum's, if half of Tatum's shots are just going to be above the break freeze because he hasn't worked out anything else, then we're in trouble. Yeah, it's going to be a short. It's going to be a short series, isn't it? Um, it's only fair. Game- I, I likened it to. Um, first game with Steph, where my criticism is, yeah, he scored six threes in the first quarter, he made seven for the whole game, and he shot 14 of them, like, so if you make 20, 21 points in the first half, and you've made 28 points for the whole game, that means... Yeah, really, half, it's not, yeah, it's not really good, and, yeah, it's like, it's why you have to watch the points, because it's the, it's the impact, it's not just simply you put up 30, it's what were the impact of those 30 points? Were they in the first half where you guys, were, everything was kind of rocking and rolling, but then when it got to the clutch and your team actually needed you to make baskets when they were struggling to score, you couldn't grab any? Um, or, or was it you were making tough buckets and when you guys weren't struggling, the other guys were scoring? So, yeah, um, it sounds like from the sounds of things, um, <clears throat> Tatum had one of those, you need to watch it games, don't get fooled by the box score games, uh, which I always say separates your box score watches from your... 48 minute watches. Um, yes, you're going back home, um, tied 1 1. I'm sure if we offered you that at the start um, of the series, you would have bitten our hands off. Um, but now you've actually seen it play out. How, how are you feeling? Yeah, I think 1 uh, 1 is quality. Like, I, w- I was expecting not to take a game um, at Chase Center. So to get the first one was, was uh, com- like a comfort blanket, a little bit, like a little bit of weight off. Um, the the problem is going to be, I think, Golden State are a good enough defensive team that if if Brown and Tatum are not really really taking the initiative and grinding for the points and getting to the basket and putting pressure on the rim and breaking through coverages, then I think it could be a bit of a problem. Um, but we've always like we're yet to lose two in a row. So mm. I do expect a good response, whatever it is that Udoka works out. I did joke on the other, on the other day on the account that Udoka's adjustments do seem to be often, don't let them take you for dickheads out there, bruv. Um, <laughs> and it, it, like every time a quote gets linked, leaked, it's like they're taking the piss. Um, but they clearly do clearly do adjust far better than that in terms of, of, of watching things back and everything. Um I don't actually think we've been great at home. Um, we've actually won more games away than at home. I mentioned that before, so that's that's given me a little bit of a concern um, going back. If we had if we were, had this sort of usual playoff home record, then I'd be feeling brilliant because you, you go home and happy days three one. Um, but yeah, we haven't been good. We haven't been good in Boston. The Boston crowd have been really really good, but the players just haven't really. Um, match that i don't know if it's the pressure of doing it at home in front of them and stuff but they haven't matched the crowd so 
I would be relatively content with splitting again. Put it that way. Yeah. Okay. And if we split again, were you saying the, the series goes six or seven? I think if it goes seven, we can't. I think we have to close it in six. I don't. I don't like the idea of going chase center for a seven. Jeff mentioned, oh yeah, whatever. But I don't think we can do it in seven. I think it has to be six. Okay, okay. I think we've got a series bubbling now. Be interested to see how you guys adjust and, and what wrinkles the Warriors add for game three. Yes, that's always a, a pleasure. Um, we'll be seeing you again very shortly. And Shaq, a representative from the uh, Eastern Conference. Thank you, sir. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.